Hi, this is Bruce Kulik, and you're listening to Iron City Rocks with John Caddick. It's the best. Hey, this is Ingvar J. Malmsteen, and you are listening to Iron City Rocks. Hey, this is Eric Johnson, and you are listening to Iron City Rocks. Hi, this is Richie Kotzen, and you're listening to Iron City Rocks. Hi, this is Joe Satriani, and you're listening to Iron City Rocks. Welcome to episode 81 of the Iron City Rocks podcast. I'm your host, John. The Iron City Rocks podcast is a podcast devoted to promoting Pittsburgh's rock, hard rock, heavy metal, and blues music scene. Episode 81, we're going to celebrate our 100,000th download uh, by giving uh, something back to the fans, uh, a musician that... uh, Really top-notch, and I think has a lot of fans in the Pittsburgh area. So he's going to be coming into town on December 6th to play the Palace in Greensburg. It's Joe Satriani. So before we get into the interview, uh, I want to uh, give you a little taste of a song from his new album, Black Swans and Wormhole Wizards. This is a song called Light Years Away. Gentlemen, I'd like to welcome to the show the uh, incomparable Joe Satriani. How are you doing today, Joe? Very good. Thanks for having me on the show. Uh, it's an absolute honor. I've been a big fan and admirer of yours for way, way, way back. Um, can you start off, um, I was curious, the, the new CD, um, Black Swans and Wormhole Wizards, can you give us a little idea of what the title means? Well, it's a two-part title. Um, the first part uh, is a phrase that's about 2,000 years old. The Greeks used to use it to describe something that sort of just came out of the blue, an unlikely event, uh, something that they never thought they would ever see because they never saw black swans back in ancient Greece. So um, it was a term that was used widely back then, and it sort of survived through the ages and wound up being used quite a bit in English literature. I must have picked it up reading some old book thought it was a cool phrase and jotted it down in one of my phrase books that I like to keep for production. And uh, when I was editing all the material for this new record, I realized that what I started to like, what I was gravitating towards, were songs that were unusual for me, considering my past albums. So uh, songs like Little Worth Lane or Wind in the Trees, I thought, well, these these songs will be like black swans to people. They will hear them. They won't know it's me. They'll be surprised, but they have a, the ability to sort of be a game changer. Once people get over the shock, they go, "Wow, okay, now that's part of what Joe does." And uh, so I, that's why I started thinking, "Wow, these these are my little black swans. These unusual songs." <laughs> and uh, I didn't want people to think that the album was about bird watching or something. So <laughs> I yeah. thought I can't just call the album "Black Swans." I kind of expand the title so that uh, 
it um, it brings in something else from the record. And so I looked for something that was completely the opposite of Black Swans. And, of course, the Wormhole Wizards kind of jumped out at me as a title. And uh, sometimes when you put things together that are contrarian, it sort of makes you read them, you know, the, the whole line two or three times. And so that's what I was looking for. It was just sort of a, a title that was unusual that make you think. I certainly did that. And I, I agree with you completely about the Black Swan. I know when I first listened to the album, it was a bit of a, you know, kind of, what is this, what is he doing here? And then I've, I've been through it three or four times subsequently, and every time I listen to it, it, it sounds more and more like you, which I guess maybe doesn't make sense, but it, that was kind of my experience listening to the record. You know, yeah, that's, that's, well, that's, like, that's exactly what I was hoping for, so I'm, I'm happy to hear you say that. Right now, how um, obviously you you um, had quite a bit of success over the years, and and most recently with the Chicken Foot project. When you were writing this record, and uh, obviously the Chicken Foot album, and even material for the next Chicken Foot album, how do you de- decide what goes where? And you know, obviously the the approach to having a song with lyrics is going to be different than having to play you know leads over it. How do, how do you make that differentiation? Yeah, it's, it's a, as you imagine, it's kind of odd um, when you think about it. But I guess what might illuminate my process for you is that I, I don't really edit as I'm writing. So I don't, as I start to write a song, I don't say, oh, Joe, stop right there and, you know, change direction. I actually just allow myself to finish writing the song without worrying about where it's going. I mean, it may never go anywhere. I write so much music most of it actually doesn't find the light of day. It's just like personal journey music. But as I was writing for Chickenfoot uh, for the first album two years ago, um, you know, I would generate a lot of songs that once I finished them, I realized, well, there's no room for Sammy to sing. I guess I should put this in the, the Joe pile, you know. Yeah. And um, over the course of that year, because I was writing for a, a whole year uh, before we actually finished the record, I wound up writing uh, the basic parts um, of Premonition and um, Light Years Away. Uh, and, and it was kind of odd that that would happen. Uh, but that's sometimes that happens. And the song God is Crying, I actually wrote uh, for the Satchifunculus record. And we started to record it during those sessions. But for some reason, we, we all felt it wasn't right for the album and we, we didn't finish it. So, yeah. you know, you never know when, once you start writing. But the, I think the good thing to do for me is always to not discriminate against myself as I'm writing. I just finish the song, and then I look at it after it's done and see if it applies to, to what I'm doing right then and there. Yeah, which is a, a great way to do it. You're not trying to to write a hit rock song with Sammy Singh. Um, one of the things... Yeah, that, that, I, I that, that never works. That's the funny thing yeah. is that it... When you try to be really sort of professional about it, you wind up, you know, just sounding silly. So for me, I just have to wait. I have to be truly inspired for it to work. Yeah, one of the things I enjoyed about Chickenfoot was that it, to me, still sounded so much like you. Coming as a fan of of Joe Satriani, and also, you know, I grew up in an era when Van Halen was Sammy Hagar. I was a little curious what to expect. You know, when you're talking about half of that era of Van Halen meshed with your playing style, and it to me it was such a refreshing blend of what you do with what they did. Um, now, how do you find time to write all this material? That's one thing. I mean, I'm looking at your tour schedule, and there's Chicken Foot, and there's Solo. How do you? Are, 
you just you know, a lot of sleepless nights? <laughs> um, you know, I, I, I'm not really sure how that you know works out. I mean, I've been writing so completely all the time for so long that um, I, I don't. Um, I don't feel the process anymore. I'm just always writing. You know what I mean? So um, it just it just feels natural for me to be sort of putting stuff out all the time um, and always be, um, I guess by that I mean, stuff's always coming through my, my body, uh, my heart, my head uh, from the time I wake up to the time I'm struggling to go to sleep that I guess I always feel like I'm always writing. So... Um, it feels natural to me um, to just bo- always being in that state of writing music. Now you've got um, with this record, you've brought in an, a new bassist, Alan, and also a keyboardist. Do you want to talk a little bit about the keyboard? Because you know, we're kind of used to seeing Galen take those uh, parts on the road. I mean, is is um, Mike going to be touring with the band? Absolutely. Uh, you know, we we finished. Um, six weeks of uh, European touring uh, just last week, right before Thanksgiving. And the touring band is myself, Jeff Campitelli, Alan Whitman on bass, Mike Keneally on keyboards, and Galen Henson on rhythm guitar. So it's the biggest band I've ever toured with, you know, being a five-piece, which is really great because we can do so many more songs having both keyboards, uh, you know, dedicated keyboards and rhythm guitar for every song. Great for me. I, I love it. I love having that flexibility, having all that harmony. And, of course, uh, Alan is a tremendous bass player uh, and performer and a uh, great improviser. And um, Mike Keneally is a master musician. I mean, he plays guitar just as crazy as he plays keyboards, um, but we've got him on keyboards for for this right now. And uh, he's, a, again, a great improviser. And the, the two new guys, you know, uh, Alan and Mike, actually... Although they come from different musical worlds, they sync up so well because nothing phases them when it comes to improvising and thinking on their feet. Um, and they both really understood the direction that I was going in, that we were going to keep it rock and roll no matter what, uh, even though there'd be uh, a lot of experimentation. Excellent. One of the, the things that you've done, um, you've been kind of a, a big proponent of doing video casts and podcasts for your releases in your tour. How did you get kind of interested in that? Uh, I uh, was introduced to this small startup company in San Francisco called ISP Networks way back in 95 um, when Internet, you know, for private people was really just sort of jumping off. And um, one of the guys who, who worked there was this guy named John Luini who was a musician, a bass player. And... Um, and really had this, I think he really had a grip on the future of where we were going because he was always talking about social networking back when nobody knew what it meant mm-hmm. and building an online community and so on. But we basically became very good friends and he became my webmaster and he really sort of educated me every six months on what we should be trying to accomplish by creating, you know, what we called an online community, which, you know, it sounded funny back then. It still sounds funny to me now. But that's really what we were doing. We were trying to reach out to our fans and 
make them feel that they were connected to us, that we could talk about the music and the touring and, and just about everything. And every year, whether we're doing the chicken foot or uh, the solo stuff, he helps create these films, um, short forms, webisodes, podcasts, that bring me closer to the fans by getting them more involved in, in what we do day-to-day in the studio or at home or on tour. So that's really how the process got started, was through John. Mission accomplished with getting it closer to the fans. I know I, I do enjoy those very much. Um, and I should mention, you know, he his company, uh, Chime, uh, I think it's Chime or Chime Interactive. I mean, he maintains websites for Madonna and Bob Dylan and Los Lobos. He also is a partner in uh, virtual uh, venues. Um, they call it VVN, Virtual Venue Networks, which is an amazing little idea they had about um, creating concerts, uh, streaming HD quality events to small theaters and clubs uh, to bring bands and their concert experience to places where they would never travel to. So, you know, if, if you and I were living in some place in Wyoming or South Dakota and we're always lamenting how, you know, bands never come to our city, this is a, a service that VVN does very well where they come in and they go to a small theater uh, or, or a club and they set up their, their gear and they will have these special nights where whether it's going to be Lady Gaga or Joe Satriani, it doesn't matter, there's going to be a concert. And the first time I heard about it, I thought, who's going to you know, pay $10 to go see a, a movie of a, a band in concert? But when they started it, people started showing up and they start to act like they're at a concert. Uh, if they're at a club, of course, they can have a couple of beers and talk. And, but meanwhile, on this very huge screen in HD and this beautiful sound is a real concert going on. And, and uh, it, was, it was a great idea. And, and um, he was doing something with uh, Bill Cosby just the other night, the night before I played uh, with Bill uh, on the Jay Leno show. And um, so it, it's a kind of an idea that he had that crosses, um, you know, generation and, and uh, musical styles out there. Not only, you know, rock bands or jam bands, but also uh, mainstream entertainers like Bill Cosby. You mentioned jamming with Bill the other night and had an opportunity to see that thanks to a social network. Um, you played with John Lord and Alice Cooper, Mick Jagger. Uh, how was Bill? I mean, obviously he was going to town on the piano there. <laughs> that was the most random event, I think, in my musical career to be standing there, you know, and then to, to first of all, I'd, I had never met Bill Cosby before, but he came out of that door and looked me right in the eye and shook my hand, and I thought, wow, that's one way to meet <laughs> Bill Cosby, is in front of millions of people on national television. And uh, But the fact that he, he leaned over and said hello, and then he said, show me to the piano, you know? And uh, and and I thought, wow, this is not what the guys told me was going to happen, you know? Because when you're doing, when you're sitting in on a TV show, you just want to make sure that you go along with the band leader and what's going on because, you know, you've just learned a whole bunch of songs right. and you've only got one shot to play them right. So all of a sudden this random event occurs and we had no idea what he was planning, either did Jay Leno, so that was pretty outrageous. But um, 
you know, when he leaned over me and he spoke in that voice, I mean, that was, you know, it's the voice I've heard since I was a little kid. <laughs> yeah. I used to listen to his comedy records and watch I Spy and everything else. So uh, when he said that, I thought oh, this is pretty. Outrageous. Yeah, that, that, that was a really very cool. Um, uh, I'd be remiss not to ask. I mean, are we anticipating a new Chicken Foot record in the new year? Uh, yes, uh, I'll be in the studio with the guys right at the end of January. We've got 14 songs that are already moving along. Uh, Sammy's writing uh, material for these things and uh, new melodies and and lyrics. Uh, and as soon as I'm done with this tour, uh, I literally I get about two days off and I'm right in Sammy's studio working with the original lineup. So we hope to have an album finished by March. Wonderful, wonderful. Joe, I, I don't want to take any more of your time. Um might need a couple minutes to sleep in that. So I want to thank you for coming on the show, man. Thank you very much for having me. Black Swans and Wormhole Wizards. That was Joe Satriani with God is Crying. Again, Joe will be in town December 6th to play the Palace in Greensburg. Tickets available uh, by going to elcoconcerts.com. A uh, great place to see a show. I've seen Joe there uh, many times myself personally, so uh, you're in for a really good night of, uh, of guitar playing. I want to remind you also Iron City Rocks is holding its first ever uh, music Awards for Pittsburgh. Uh, if you go to ironcityrocks.com and you click on the uh, main image of the screen, you can go and vote for the finalists in categories such as Best Band, Best Metal Band, Best Guitarist, and also for the Hall of Fame. A lot of uh, great names in that list. Uh, Pittsburgh has got uh, many, many contributions to rock music over the years, and uh, want to try to give them due to some of the uh, people that have paved the way. So, again, ironcityrocks.com. You can also go to Facebook, Twitter, MySpace, and find us on there as well. Also on ironcityrocks.com is a concert calendar that is uh, probably one of the most complete listings of national and local bands consolidated on one screen. So we invite you to check that out, and uh, we hope you enjoy the show and you get to us next time. Thank you. <laughs>